Let's go! In World Music Views this week is Walshi Fire. The Grammy Award-winning Jamaican-American DJ and record producer makes up a third of the group Major Lazer. Walshi co-wrote Blaze Up The Fire by Chronix and contributed to the careers of Coffee, several Major Lazer albums and EPs, as well as his own albums. His projects have over 3 million Pandora plays and his top songs are Bend Down Pause featuring Wizkid, Call Me and Tropical Breeze. My name is Gerald Watkins, host of World Music Views, and you're now tuned into the Urban Caribbean Music Edition. Caribbean music is the heartbeat of the world, and the recording industry is the heartbeat of the region. In these episodes, I will take you on a journey on how Caribbean music and culture is impacting the world. Let's go! The following contains adult language, content, and description of actions that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. Walchi, walchi, walchi. This man is part of some of the biggest records ever made in reggae music, in dancehall music, but also in global music. And we're going to talk to him about everything from his incoming to process now to the future. Big mm. up yourself, Walchi. This yeah, is man. the first time we're talking like this. Yes, it is. I appreciate you coming on. You know, I have a Definitely lot of things I want to talk to you about. First of all, you okay? Everything good with you? Yeah, man. Blessed, man. So all the times treating you. All the times I treat you. So blessed, bro. So blessed. Nice, man. Nice, nice, nice. Mm -hmm. How did you start in the business? Um, From college. From college, went straight to... uh interning at a radio station and then um, went to doing some stuff at clubs after that. And that was it. Yeah. College in Jamaica or abroad? Yeah, man. In, um, abroad. Clark Atlanta University and then um, Samuel University for grad school. So you studied music in college? No. Uh, marketing and undergrad and then journalism. Um, well, I guess you could say it was music, but journalism uh, for my master's degree, and that was uh, focused on radio. So being a radio presenter or working behind the scenes in radio, um, they don't really teach you how to be a radio host. Uh, but I ended up doing that when I moved back to Miami after grad school, being a radio host. So that's how I got into music, was starting on the radio. So in an industry where probably 70% of the practitioners um, some of them don't ever finish high school, but just have high mm -hmm. school education. How did you find that relationship between your master's education and entering an industry? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think it mattered. Um, I don't really think my college degrees mattered. Um, uh, maybe it's just this industry. Um, maybe it's all industries, but I don't think college actually matters anymore. I think college is an um, outdated uh, system that most people probably don't have to participate in anymore. If you know what you want to do, you can probably go and learn exactly that skill. College seems to be a place where people who do not know what they want to be in life go and waste their time and money. Uh, once you know what you want to do, you can go directly to get certification for that. Um, there's a school for everything. Or you can literally just watch online YouTube video and learn the, the craft, make your own business, and don't have to deal with anybody. So, uh, in my opinion, no, that wouldn't have affected me at all. Um, my degree was more 
uh, something that my mom was pressuring me to do as I was the first to go to college. And uh, I did that for her, but it definitely was a waste of time and a waste of money. Outside of that, it was a great networking. It was a great experience, but it was a great experience because I traveled. I didn't live in the Jamaica bubble or in the Miami bubble. I was able to go far out those bubbles. Um, and so in my opinion, if somebody were to take anything away from what I'm saying, it's don't go to college, travel instead. You'll learn way more by traveling. Just travel the world. You'll learn a hundred million times more. If Sorry, if you're in a, I don't know what I want to do phase, college is not going to, college is not going to fix that. College is not going to show you, hey, you should do this. Um, what they're going to do is you're going to get there the first day and then they're going to say, um, okay, what do you want to do? You're going to say, I don't know. They're going to say, all right, well, you know what you should do? Business. And then you start from business. And then halfway through, you say, yo, I don't want to do business. Then you just waste the first two years. And then you have to go start back over. It's like a big, a big scam, you know? So I would encourage anybody, don't go to college, travel the world. Spend that money doing that. You'll learn way more. And I take it that you've traveled the world and made that part of your process for making music. Tell me, tell me about that process for making music. How do you make music? There's no process. You just make it. Just like a boxer. You just get up in the morning, you train, and then you go fight. You just do it. There's no process. And are you feeling, and I asked Biedemann this recently, when you go in the studio, do you know for sure you're going to make a hit? No, never. You try. <laughs> you just make it do what it do. Yeah, man, you just go, go with the energy and just, you know, see how you feel after. How did Major Laser start? A um, couple of years before me, Holy Patins Iguan, and then I joined, and I've been with it for nine years. So did you, did you know Diplo before? Did you, who yeah. did you know before? Yes, different. And then you guys just got together and started making music. Mm -hmm. And what's it like working together? How do you, nice. are you from a similar culture? Like how, how does that culture? Yeah, Florida, Florida culture. We both, because we grew up in Florida. I mean, we um, grew up in Florida, so that's the similarity there. What was the first hit song you made together? Oh, I don't remember. But I will say my first solo hit song was um, uh, uh, Bend Down Pause, Marshall Montano, um, Run Town, and Whiskey. That was my first hit song. That was my first hit song. What year was that? She like a closing on 15 or 14 or something. So. Was this before the Chronics link up or, or after? This would have been after, but the only thing I did with Chronics was the mixtape. We never put out a also. But that was a phenomenal mixtape. That, that's how yeah, I knew Chronics. You know, yeah, it, it was almost as if it was you who brought, you know, when you're working with an artist a and him, that mixtape was like a, a good demo tape to, to put out. How did you link up with Chronics? Like, from Miami, Chronics live a Spanish town. How, how you link up with Chronics? Like? I mean, remember, so Miami is just Kingston 14. So. Um, it's not like, yo, how? You know? I remember, so, 
we're there. Even when you when you know so we're there, we're there. Um, but yeah, I forget to give give big big ups to Ezra. Ezra was the one that really said, "Yo, there's a youth," and him start playing music. And I said, "Yeah, man, I'd love for me to man." And we met him up at J Will's um, um, office. And we just talked for hours, played music and talked for hours, played music and talked for hours. And then we'll say, yeah, man, you know, should, we should do a mixtape. Um, and that's just how, it, just how it happened. And, and <coughs> you still work with Chronics since then, or that was just a one-off project? Yeah, I haven't worked with them in a while, but definitely still keep in contact. But no, man, we've done, um, I, I put them on a major laser song after that. Um, I think we have like one or two demos. But yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a few years since we lived up. What would you call your kind of music? Is it dancehall? Is it pop? Like, what do you call it? We don't have a name for it, man. We just make it go. People them like it. People them don't like it. You know? <clears throat> I think the, um, the streets, the artists, they're the ones that should name things. I, I don't want to name it. I don't want to. I don't want to be tied up in <clears throat> tied up in a name. I just let it let it go, and whatever people want to call it, that's what they call it. I'm, I'm absolutely fine with it. So, as somebody that's working with a lot of Caribbean artists, do you think Caribbean music gets validated? All the genres practice here. Do you think it gets validated here, and do you think it gets validated internationally? Pump what do you mean by What do you mean by validated? Whatever it contributes. To, to world music and, and cultures, do you think it gets, it's just due artist for artist, but as an industry, if, an, if a Jamaican artist does the same thing that uh, a New York artist does, do you think they get the attention, the numbers, the same look, the same, you know? Um, so, so I don't like doing those kind of comparisons. Um, because they're not necessary. I don't, I don't really care what other people are doing. I don't really care to compare it to um, what Jamaica's doing, nor do I really care to compare it to what I'm doing. I'm just really focused on what I'm doing, and I really, really love what I'm doing, and I feel really good about what I'm doing, and I don't worry about what other people are doing. Um, I don't worry about if other people are validating it. Uh, who, who cares if... Who cares if people are validating it? See, all these things are speed bumps. All these things are little hang-ups where you start like, yo, are they validating? Or you start like, you know, you start focus on things and you stop making music. And that's that's not going to, I'm not going to allow that um, to happen. I've seen a lot of people fall way off because they're worried about what people think or things, you know, that don't have anything to do with making good music. No, I just want to make good music. That's it. So, so two questions to follow up on that. What are your thoughts on the Grammys? And do you want a Grammy? Well, more I don't know Grammys. if you, Okay, I was going to say... <laughs> yeah, more Grammys. Um, I appreciate the Grammy that I've won, um, but I also understand that this is a made-up system where people who built the system basically give themselves awards. That's why you don't see independent artists really on these things it's not made for the independent artist to win it's not designed for a person who actually has a great song to win that's not what it's for it's for the people who have spent decades pouring money into the music industry to get a trophy you know 
all of the big major um, record labels. And so knowing that you appreciate winning one, but you also understand it really doesn't mean anything. Um, it's really what you make it under mean, you know? So to, to people who, you know, to the underdog or to people from third world countries or to black people, this, you know, award, it, it's, it's everything, you know, because it kind of says, yo, man, this is the truth. It, it really does say, yo, the, the, the white music industry has accepted me. You could be the biggest artist in the black world. But for some reason, that's when you start to re really like be like, wow, the white world has accepted me. And we need to really analyze that. We need to really check the depths and levels of that psychology and see if we can break it up. There's no reason why we should be um, um, holding this thing to such high, high, high regard. It doesn't, doesn't really do anything for our community. It doesn't, there's not much you can really say on the give back, um, you know? And so it's just like the, just think of it like the NBA, right? Or, or American football, the NFL, you know? Um, those two systems are just starting to slightly get broke up. And they've been the same for decades. Decades, 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 they've been the same. It's like a pyramid with all these people at the top making money. And we're at the bottom. All these African-Americans who give their body and their heart and, you know, and everything for what they consider acceptance into this system. And this system pays them very little and every now and then gives them an award. And actually, because it's almost all black now, it gives them lots of awards. But, you know, if you see one of them get paid, you know, 30 million, we are like, wow. And we don't realize, yo, the man, the man not even the man at the top, the man them right above the man that I get billions. You know, so imagine what the man at the top is getting. And so, uh, you know, the Grammy has the same kind of like thing where it's an old boys club and we, 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 we have no problem winning them, um, but we want to make sure that we have something of our own that we get excited about more than that. Because we have some things, I guess, that, yo, know, I'll definitely get excited about anything um, that's giving me an award. I, I love the fact that um, someone has recognized me for work. I, I truly appreciate it. Um, but I would love to see everybody gets more excited. I would actually love to see white people go, wow, I got, I got the award um, Mostly in the black. Jamaica. <laughs> yeah, I got, the, I got the award in Jamaica. Yeah, like, wow. You know, I got the award in Jamaica. So, you know, for, we need to really um, evaluate these mental constructs that hold these old systems above our head and, and make us feel so excited to, to participate when in actuality, it's not really, it's not really, the, it's not really doing a lot, lot, lot 
for for not just me as an individual, because sure, it'll do it'll do tons for me as an individual, but won't do as much, much, much as I'd like it to do for our, our whole community. So having our own and holding our own to that same high regard would be the ultimate goal. One of the things in the music industry that I know does a lot for the industry is owning the masters. Um, one, do you own your masters? And two, do you think more artists should own their masters? Well, of course, I own my masters. And definitely artists should own their masters. You have to think long-term, you have to think longevity. You have to think about your kids and your grandkids. Why wouldn't? The question actually doesn't make sense because why wouldn't somebody be trying to do that in this day and age? If we were like 10 years ago, I totally get it. People would be a little confused. Um, but owning your masters, um, co-owning your, your masters, let's say co-owning, because you'd have a producer, an artist, everybody co-own. That is no other way. That doesn't mean that you don't um, license your masters for a few years. Yeah, man, do that too. Why not? You'll get it back. And that doesn't mean you don't license your master for uh, a few things. Yeah, for sure. Um, but no, ultimately, everyone should own their own masters. Hypnosis is actually buying up people's publishing and, and rights to their music. They bought Shakira's publishing. I know you know about hypnosis. Yeah, every publishing company is doing it. Every single publishing company, and there's new publishing companies coming up every day with investors that have millions of dollars that are just buying artists' uh, catalogs. Would you sell yours? Sure. So, so to, to, for, I'm asking this question because this question because most of the young artists, which is this demographic that you're talking to now, they just want a hit. You know, they just want a, 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 the popularity of it all, and they don't understand the business of what you're saying. So, it might be second nature to you, but I know 90% of them, especially in Jamaica, don't own their masters, don't want to own it, don't even know how to go about no, it. No, they want to. They want to. If they don't, then um, I, I don't know how that kind of a conversation wouldn't come up. But I would say since uh, you do bring up the, uh, the Jamaican artists, I do believe that they have not um, had help giving them right leadership on the business side. I do agree with that. I do agree that there is a lack of mentorship and advice. Every artist should go through a program. You know, Jamaica's uh, entertainment sector, it, it wouldn't cost much to say, actually, they might even make money. I say, you're every artist, take this one class and you'll learn everything you need to learn about the industry. It might actually make money. People might be like, yeah, I'm taking that class. Um, I absolutely agree with that. And I do believe that, yeah, man, uh, if anybody here is um, in one of those situations where they're artists, they're an artist, they're young, um, but they don't know how to deal with the publishing and all of them something there. Again, also, there's, a, there's two sides to this. There's one of, yeah, man, need, um, need help. And then there's the other side that goes, actually, they can get that help on their own. All this information is accessible. All this information is on YouTube. All this information is on online courses. You can actually so learn. We're how to... talking about guys that are coming in the industry that don't even finish high school. 
Yeah, man, all of that's, that's all BS excuses. So what am I going to do now? Die? Dead? You know, they're not going to make um, themselves a, a person in the industry um, that can protect themselves. Um, get out of here with that. I don't care if you can't read. There's no excuse for not, for not having YouTube <laughs> and a person to help you and figuring it out. Yo, this is like weak man talk, yo. And yo, I realize lots of the times we get into this like pampering and powdering and that kind of something there, you know? You see from your, you know, it's like when you see somebody um, and you don't know their story, but you see that they're an able-bodied person and they just don't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And they just don't want, they just want somebody to get at um, no, 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 that's not how life works. You know what I'm saying? So every artist should understand that if they're a serious artist, they're, they're serious about this. They have to do their due diligence. Nobody's not handing you no uh, manual. I, like I said before, that I do believe that there should be a place that they can pay and learn and get a step-by-step walkthrough. Um, but I, I just, like, as I said, I just remembered, I was like, that's on YouTube for free. You know, um, maybe there's a, maybe there's a, since it's Jamaica, maybe there's a, a different system that they should be aware of on how to collect revenue and royalties and um, how to get sinks and it's how same, to... It's um, the same system. It's the same system. So, all right, boom. Mm-hmm. So, if it's the same system, it depends on YouTube. Is it me? So, you know... I've heard... Just, be, just, because, just because you only graduated halfway through primary doesn't mean... You, 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 that's, that's your excuse for not understanding your business. But this is now your business. So there's no excuses for that. I've, I've heard artists, big artists, too, tell me that they don't want to get involved in the business of the music. And they shouldn't have to. It is a good... It's a, the quotation right. is, me just want to make music. Yeah, all right. So that's an that's a, that's a, that's a actual honest thing that I believe everyone should want. They should want to... Uh, focus on their creativity and have somebody helping them on the business side. The reality is if you're a young artist, usually you don't have a team. You're not reaching away yet, you know? Um, and not having a team and then being like, boy, I'm mean, going to want to deal with the business, but I just want to deal with the creative part means you're going to be upset about some decisions that you made down the road. Learn the business, guys. Stop it. Stop it. Your creativity will have to take a hit. Your creativity will have to um, be, uh, will have to suffer for sure because you'll have to learn the business and balance that with creativity. But not knowing the business is at your own detriment. It is your own grave you're digging when you expect other people to explain your money and how it was made to you, just put a bullet in a gun. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You wouldn't work any under. You wouldn't work any other industry and not know how your money was coming to you. You would not. You would not work as a mechanic and not know. Say, yo, when I fix this muffler, I get money in my hand. You would know that. You would know how much the muffler costs. You would source it. You would say, all right, I can't get the muffler cheap. I can't put this amount of money upon 
uh, getting the muffler and then we can put this money on top for the hours where we work to fix it and this is what the cost will be. You can, you can figure that part out. You can sense, you don't have to learn how to read to figure that part out. So why would it be any different in music? You know, you, you know, say this conversation is a good one. Cause full time now we start really like get wicked now. You know, wow. this excuses stuff is like it's outdated. No, I like outdated. it. I like that. That's, you outdated. thought just like me, you know. That, that's mm-hmm. all I thought. Yeah, man, it's outdated. You know, and we need to make sure everybody we're in at this know say yo, either you're serious and you and you're in, or you're not serious, and that's fine as well. But don't. Don't take up the space with the people in with you know, because all you're gonna do is hold everyone else down with these questions that you can go research yourself. You can type in the question on Google and the answer will appear. And you can make somebody else figure it out for you. Sit down with them and you know that's another thing is that artists don't collaborate. If, imagine if I was a mechanic and you were a mechanic. I'm sorry. Imagine if I wanted to be a mechanic and you wanted to be a mechanic. Is it not better? that you and I go half and half Mm -hmm. on buying a car and learning it instead of me me buy the car by by myself, you know? Wouldn't it be better if artists collaborated, if artists got together and said, listen, I don't know what's happening. And you, you, me, you say, you don't know what I want. And me, you say, you don't know what I want. And me, you say, you don't know what I want. Make a group up. Make a group up. Uh, each one we teach each one. When me learn something, we drop it in another group chat. Yo, I bet you right now, I bet you right now, there's not many artists that have group chats with other artists. Constructive group chats. Unless, uh, constructive group chats, unless they're um, signed to them. Like one artist might have like three, three, three artists where I'm signed. And that's the group chat, mm-hmm. you know? But it wouldn't be like the three artists that he signed, they have their group chat alone without the man at the top, you know? They wouldn't have their own group chat. And that's that's a shame, you know? You, you got to have communication and collaboration. So reggae dancehall is not being sold compared to other genres. Um, the top albums released last year together, they probably didn't sell 50,000 copies, right? They, they, they stream um, in the millions, which means that people are consuming the music, but they're not going in their pockets and buying albums or buying singles, right? Except Sean Paul and Omi, who, who are doing good numbers. And you, who, who you say you're not titling your music, you're, you're a, a titleless music. So why do you think Reggae dancehall is not selling. I don't know. I, I mean, there's there's probably a million reasons for that. There's probably people that analyze that data and have an answer for you. Um, I'm not one of those people. I don't analyze the music to uh, that degree. I really just focus on what I'm doing. And... Um, I just do it to the best of my ability, you know, and big up to everybody in the reggae world who, if the numbers are low, as you said, I would have to think that the numbers would be known every musical genre or lower. Um, and that maybe reggae and dancehall is so niche that you see it more than hip hop and more than um, some of the other genres. But I would have to just assume 
the amount of people buying an album in hip hop is is way lower than it used to be. So um, maybe that's just a music wide thing, and you just see it more because you're hurting this. But um, now, well, let me give you some context because I, I see everything because mm-hmm. I, I do world music views where I do a mm-hmm. chart show every Friday here in Jamaica and the Caribbean where mm-hmm. I, I curate music in Canada, how it's consumed in the UK, Dubai, the US, and, and genre by genre, and the Caribbean. Dancehall, reggae music make up less than 1% of global streams last year. Definitely in the US too, but global streams. Um, which means it, it actually comes on the other. So you know, they have pop and hip hop stream. Hip hop is, um, up there with pop, and they have the other genres, dancehall reggae is less than 1%. Um, that's, that, to me, didn't calculate the Justin Bieber's or, or the other influences in pop that, that do dancehall-infused music. So it, it must be a criteria of what's happening here. Yeah, so, but let me ask you this, though. Can we... Uh... Let's, I think the comparison is, and I think you're going to agree with what I'm about to say. I think the, a, a comparison makes no sense. Mm-hmm. It's just the spending power of the people who like hip hop is just so much bigger than uh, the people in the Caribbean who, who might be a major um, part of possible album sold. If them can't get, you know, extra spending cash to buy someone's album, I think you just see that. It's just a, it's just a comparison that it just, to me, comparing, it's like comparing America to Jamaica in a sense that like the things that America can do, Jamaica just can't do, you know, and, and in a way, vice versa, you know, the things that Jamaica do, America just can't do. Um, so when you start to, 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 to look at numbers, um, I think maybe the best thing to do is to not compare it because the comparison, even though you say something like it's 1%, um, that number seems low enough to talk about why that's happening, but not low enough that I would compare it to something that's, you know, 50% of the market share. Like that alone, 1%, 50%, I'd be like, okay, no. They're uncomparable, um, but definitely a discussion on why 1% is a good one. You know, it's definitely a good one. I mean, we still don't have Spotify and, and, and the Caribbean. I mean, is, there's so many factors as to why um, numbers could be low for sales. But again, I don't do that. I don't do that. That's not what I do. All right, let's talk about coffee. Oh, you, oh, you got to coffee. Oh, you got to work with her. Um, develop that song. What was your contribution to her career and the song Post? Yeah, man, so big up Panesia Palmer, um, legend in the business. Um, he literally picked her up and brought her to my house and was like, yo, this is who I'm working with. And, you know, I can't stop saying his name, though. Panesia, 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 Palmer, 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 Palmer. That guy right there, I'm gonna tell you, so yo, that one there. There's a true eye for talent, and he has a true love for the music. Why it made me feel like I need to text him and call him right now. Matter of fact, 
Boom, I forget. <laughs> I was texting right now. I say, yo, it's your brother there, man. A little advice, man. So, when... there. yo, trust me, him, him is a legend. Where enough people now are going to know. I've never heard his name before, no. Exactly. Let me get back to you now. Yo, him is a legend where people just now are know. Yeah. If I tell you no lie, he brought, um, he brought coffee to my house. Um, he brought Apollo to my house. I didn't bring um, Jazzalise. Jazzalise to my house. Mm-hmm. Those are the three people that he literally drove, picked them up and drive them up. I say, yo, this artist, this artist. But yeah, working with coffee was awesome. With great energy. Um, I'm, I'm honored that I executive produced that album. And I feel just great about what happened. So, yeah, man. I remember seeing you celebrating the, the Grammy win. And, and I was batting for her and all the commentary I gave leading up to the Grammys. Because I, I knew that her being also part of a record label would help with the Grammys because the Grammys... No, it's, it's what helped. Like, that's what I'm saying to you. It's like, it's a, it's a old boys club. If you are not a part of the system, you have a hard chance being nominated. It's just, it's just impossible because these guys, it's like, it's like, it's like a, it's like imagine um, a golf club and there's people who pay their fees every year and they get first dibs. And if a little space whoop them up, then yeah, maybe you can, maybe you can go play golf. Yeah. Maybe you can go up there. Maybe you can pay for the day, the day rate and go play golf. But you see, if everybody decides that will pay their membership, decides that they want to play golf, you can't play golf that day. That's really how it works. Um, and so, yes, and I'm, I'm glad that she did do that because it gave her the exposure and the network that her music deserved. Who are you listening to now? Um, Paul Salu, um, my family. Yeah. I sung them, I sung right now. I, I, I hope you weren't asking me uh, for a dance hall or a reggae song. Nah, it, it doesn't matter. This is world music dudes. This is why I keep asking you compare and contrasting questions because I want to contextualize what we're doing with what the world is one thing we produce are world-class athletes and world-class musicians, more than any other profession coming out of Jamaica and the Caribbean. That's what we produce, pound for pound. Mm-hmm. Now, you are an educated person. You, you still do music. If you weren't doing music, what would you be doing? Architecture. You find similarities with both? That's a good one. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. I find that the way that I approach music is very mathematical um, and it's very design um, based. And I look at the materials of a building or I look at the, um, the landscape of a piece of land and what could possibly be built on that land. And that's how I approach music. I, I don't want um, to um, look at a piece of land and then be like, well, this, whatever. I look at every piece of land as an opportunity to make something amazing. Mm. You know, you have some land where people then walk with from, you know, sometimes you see a burnt house, you know, and people drive past the burnt house every day and say, yo, boy, I don't want nothing to do with that burnt up house. 
And I look at that burnt up house and I go, man, I wish I could buy that house. Because I would love to fix that house up and build something beautiful. Um, and so I, I've, I've been like that my whole life. I've looked at, I used to drive around as a kid in Miami on my bicycle. Both of you move going up on the next side. Um, and I would, uh, let me repeat that. I would drive around. I used to ride my bicycle around um I just said. What time we have to leave, Nikki? Okay, hold well, on, let me see what time. What time is it now? Eleven okay. forty. All right, just a quote. Um yeah, I would I would ride my bicycle around neighborhoods in Miami. Um uh, that were nowhere near my neighborhood, but I would ride maybe two hours to a neighborhood with beautiful houses and just ride around and look at them. I used to do it every single weekend. Every single weekend. I would ride to Coral Gables. I'd ride to South Beach. I'd ride to some places um, up in Broward where you just see some house and you just like, I can't believe a person lives in that. Or I can't believe someone designed something so amazing, so beautiful. Somebody's brain made their hands create something amazing. You know, somebody's brain said, yo, get the cement, get the wood, stain the wood this color, paint the wall this color, and made something that's just so amazing. And you realize that life is a bunch of complicated, um, you know, math problems uh, made up of simple math problems. Um, and if you could just separate each complicated math problem and break it down, with its simplicity, uh, with a simpler math problem, solve those, you end up solving the more complicated ones. And that's really what architecture is, and that's how I approach music, by uh, looking at the land and just knowing that I can, I can design something beautiful musically on this land. So I love working with every artist because I, I consider every artist a challenge um, yeah. on how we can build something amazing. Right now I'm working with a rapper from the UK named Akala. Mm -hmm. Everyone should look him up. Um, he's also a political speaker, um, but A-K-A-L-A. -A -A, uh, everyone should, should go look him up. Um, but yeah, man, I love working with him because uh, he's a rapper from the UK. And, you know, we, we're, we're, you know, building this thing together. It's come out amazing. So. All right, to close, my favorite Major Lazer songs are Powerful with Taurus Riley. And, oh my and someone to lean on. <laughs> Which is yours? Get free. Get free. All right, we'll take out this episode of Four Music Views, Urban Caribbean Music Podcast with Get Free. Big up. No, 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 no. Ask me what's my favorite song that I made. What's your favorite song that you made? All right, so my favorite song that I've made is a song called I Still Believe with a singer from Namibia uh, in Africa. An amazing voice. I did the uh, production with a guy from England named Jason Julian. Um, and that, to me, is the, my favorite song that I've made. Ah, you just switched the mood from someone to... <laughs> Big up yourself. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. I learned Definitely. a lot today. And uh, I'm sure the listeners will learn a lot also. Thank you so much, all right? Respect, Dada. All right, yeah, man, cool.
If you want to hear the songs mentioned or heard on this episode, go to YouTube or on your favorite streaming platform and search World Music Views Playlist to hear more. So what did we learn from Walchifier? Stay authentic, make music that's true to you, and always find new artists. This is World Music Views, the Urban Caribbean Music Edition. Hi, I'm Taurus Riley, and I'm here to tell you, this inflation thing is important. High inflation is a wicked thing, and we must abolish it like slavery. We want inflation low so we can plan and prosper. But if it drop too low, we can't grow. All the high prices that mean me harm, hey, they can go back where they came from. No inflation monster, child prosper. So that middle ground is what we want. Low, stable, and predictable inflation. Because low, stable, and predictable inflation is to the economy like what the baseline is to reggae music. Listen up! Like low and stable inflation of the rock economy. A message by Bank of Jamaica.